Welcome to Conversations with Healers, a podcast and video interview series that features intimate, soulful, and cozy conversations with self-healers and healers. Healer to healer, we dive into all aspects of self-healing and healing and being and becoming a healer. I am Damla Aktekin. I am a healer and the host of this podcast, and I can't wait for you to listen to this conversation. If you are new to this podcast, please take a moment to subscribe so that you can be aware of new episodes. I also invite you to visit adropofom.com, A-D-R-O-P-O-F-O-M.com, where I share a lot of free resources for self-healing and healing, and you can take a free quiz to find out what your energetic wounds are and how they may show up in your life. Discovering what your wounds are is the first step in healing them. I hope you enjoy this episode. There is one more thing I would like to share with you before you listen to this episode. I created a wonderful container to help you process the collective trauma of the pandemic and begin to heal your energetic wounds. It is an energy healing membership called Chakra Bliss Vault. Every month you will receive three new crystal healing sessions Plus, you'll immediately have access to my entire energy healing recording library when you sign up. The membership is really affordable and will continue to be so. You can find out more about it at adropofom.com, A-D-R-O-P-O-F-O-M.com. I invite you to make your healing a priority and invest in your well-being by becoming a Chakra Bliss Vault member. Hello everyone, this is Damla with A Drop of Om, and I'm so excited to chat with Laura Christine. Laura is a healer, she's a yoga and meditation teacher, rune reader, which I'm so excited to dive into, and she's also the host of the Boundless Heart podcast. Welcome, Laura. Thank you so much, Damla. What an honor to be here today. I am excited. I've... um, being curious about what you do and I've been really interested in diving into different aspects of it. But before we do that, can you give us big brush strokes of your story, like your healing journey and how you came to do what you do? Sure. Big brush strokes is I was born into a patriarchal society as we all were almost. And what it led me to do was abandon myself thinking that what I wanted didn't matter quite as much as what the other people wanted, but I could make it work. It led me on a journey finally after, or actually in the midst of my first marriage, I went into yoga teacher training and I found a little bit more of myself there, a lot more of myself there actually. It, it opened the door to so much more. I went to Kundalini yoga teacher training. I got divorced from that husband because we were no longer anything similar. I moved across the country, learned 
Reiki, learned to sing, found myself. Three years later, I moved across the ocean to Oahu in Hawaii. And I fell right back in to a relationship that I shrunk in. So (laughs) all of the tools that I've used have actually just shown me more of who I am and given me a consciousness that these cultural and these patriarchal programs are really deep. And it's up to us to do the actions to get out, to get above or out of those patterns and programs. That's a brushstroke. Good. You have a question. Yeah, I do. (laughs) What do you think was the reason that you said you you fell back into that pattern of shrinking? What do you think was the reason? Such an amazing question and one that I'm still working with now. I believe that I thought I was at a spiritual level that I wasn't at (laughs) in that I thought that even though he wasn't everything on my list, that the top three things were not fulfilled from that list, which were he doesn't drink and he eats a healthy diet like I do and has a spiritual or a self-growth really practice. None of those were there. I thought it wouldn't matter as long as I didn't compromise my own values. Of course, those were values of mine (laughs) that I just totally compromised. That's why I think I did. Mm -hmm. I'm hearing, um, well, your story is parallel to mine in the sense that my first entry point was also yoga. I I came from a corporate background and yoga teacher training sort of, um, and before that, my personal practice of just yoga, um, everything really changed my life in a lot of ways. But what I'm hearing you say is also like, that was also sort of an opening for you, which led to other things. What are those other things? All of it. (laughs) I learned Reiki first. I think that would be the first thing. I learned some other healing modalities, uh, quantum touch, I believe it's called. I don't use it anymore. And intuition development, really, I have always been very open without knowing that. Because again, in the culture I was born into and in the family, it just wasn't known that you can actually be empathic, (laughs) that you're that you can actually have the ability to understand different dimensions in different ways. So I have done some channeling and every once in a while, I will just know like, okay, my guides are talking to me right now. And I listen. (laughs) And I've also learned that always asking guides and always asking out there for guidance isn't as empowering as getting home into your own body, which is what yoga is all about, isn't it? It's where am I in my body? Oh my gosh, I have a body and I can actually be in it. Whoa. And mantra as well. I know you're big on mantra as well. Kundalini yoga uses a lot of chanting and they sing a song at the end of every class. It really opened me up to singing 
and to chanting mantra. Mm-hmm. Tell us about uh, your podcast, The Boundless Heart, and how does it relate to yeah, like what you just described, your experience, basically? What are you hoping to give people through that, those conversations? Sure. The Boundless Heart is a podcast for empowering women into shameless self-respect, which we're just not taught as we're growing up, independence and equal partnership. It's really about standing on our own two feet and getting our value and our security from ourselves rather than from out there, someone else. Growing up, we're taught that our value is really reflective of who we have around us, if we're married, who we're married to, what our job is. And it really keeps us back from a lot. We shrink. We are quiet. Yeah. (laughs) And in that, um, I think there's a part of it, which is, um, it's hard to speak your truth sometimes because all of these patterns that you're describing, they're so ingrained. And how do you even begin to define what truth is? Because we're so used to certain patterns of relationship, not even just with with our partners and spouses, but with everyone in the society. Um, And then sometimes I agree, it, it takes a little bit of stepping out of it to say, okay, like, what am I imagining and wanting to see in my life versus what's here? Um, and you will also uh, talk about reprogramming your brain. Tell us about that. <laughs> yes, because again, we're so programmed. Really, the way it works is when you're a child, your cognitive functioning, your logical mind is not so developed, which is really good because it keeps you present and in the moment. The downside to that is that it's very programmable. You're in, if you have beta waves, which is the state you and I probably are in right now, Damla, where we're alert and we're thinking, you know, we kind of have to be thinking about what we're saying and everything. But just below that is the alpha state. This is when kids are having a tea party with their stuffed animals and they are literally drinking tea. And they are literally talking to their stuffed animals who are literally talking back to them. They're so in that present movie moment that they truly believe it. Anyone can get there. Then there's theta waves, which are a little bit even lower, but alpha is perfectly fine for programming. By the time we're seven, we're already programmed into all the things we hear such as don't throw like a girl. How does that feel to a little girl hearing don't throw like a girl or you throw like a girl? If you're saying that to a boy, girls are told not to interrupt. Boys are not as much. We hear this is one that's huge. Maybe not when we're seven, but maybe we hear all the time. Boys take longer to mature. So just, it's like, we're supposed to allow for that. Boys are never told 
girls mature faster than you. So look to them for leadership and intelligence. Have you ever heard that? No, (laughs) no. (laughs) Have you ever heard that boys develop and mature slower than, or, or later, I should say than girls? Not that, but I uh, I love this book called The Female Brain by Luanne Brizandine, who is a um, OBGYN doctor, I believe. And she talks about the differences between um, female and male brains in development and mm-hmm. compares the functioning of each in a, in a fascinating way. And one of the things she mentions is that um, the female brain has a lot more connections between the right and the left. So there's a lot more room for multitasking versus the male brain is more single oriented. That said, I mean, there can be women who are a bit more wired in a male way and there can be males who who are wired in a female way. But just in, in a like hugely generalized way, there are definitely differences. Um, I think for me, where I agree with you is not so much the, the cliche. I mean, the cliche, even though I feel we're moving beyond that now in this day and age, what I'm um, sensing and feeling is um, this possibility of nourishing or gathering the bigger potential of who we actually are. Meaning, I already have a female. <laughs> brain just not you know not in my conscious control through my soul's choice or however you look at it so if I have that I know that I can um I can um hold a few more truths in my head than perhaps my husband and so on so there are things I can do with that that he appreciates and there are things he can do that I can appreciate so I'm I'm interested in um that sort of honing into using what's there in a in a a productive efficient and um and loving and gentle way absolutely and it wouldn't it be amazing if we were honored for those differences (laughs) so the actual chemical and technical differences aside the part about reprogramming the brain is that first of first of all to know that the brain is plastic, which means it can change. Whereas 15 years ago, it was believed that by 21, 25 years old, your brain is your brain and there's nothing you can do to change it, which thankfully we're finding that's not true. You, of course, yogis knew it forever, but Western science is now catching up to that. But it's those things that we heard when we were children that you can't do it because you're a girl. We were told that at school all the time. I don't know if you were, but I heard it a lot. Those things will get into our minds, into our brains and actually become subconscious tracks that run in the background. That's why it's so important to know that you can change, but also to know that there are loops going on in your brain that you're not conscious of because it's subconscious. It was programmed in you when you were super young. So it's not necessarily your fault that you've fallen into this relationship that you've settled into or that you're acting codependently because we're trained to do that. We're trained to 
ask what the other person wants before we ask ourselves what we want. There's a study where you ask a girl, an eight-year-old girl, what kind of pizza she wants. And she'll say, you know, cheese or pepperoni or sausage or whatever it is. You ask a 10-year-old girl, what kind of pizza do you want? And she says, I don't know. And you ask a 12-year-old girl, what kind of pizza would you like? And she says, what do you want? We're taught, we're taught to put others before us. And we don't have to do that. We're taught that we are liked as long as we like what other people like. And it's false. It's just not true. That's what we want to reprogram those beliefs that were in there. Just naturally from the culture. I know I'm keeping right. going. Go ahead. No, no, no. <laughs> I hear you. At the same time, being a fixed Aquarius and living with a, a fixed fire sign Leo and a fixed earth sign Taurus, there are, everyone knows what kind of pizza they want. It's not like in my reality, it's not my day-to-day, -day, you know, experience, but I definitely hear what you're saying. Um, but I do, I have a nine-year-old daughter and she's, she's very firm about what kind of pizza she wants. So I think Good. Keep it that way. Generations are looking bright yes. and happy. Which I agree. You, I want to ask you about rooms. What are they? How did they find you? How were you drawn to them? What do they do? What is special about them? All of the above. All of those questions. This could be a whole podcast in itself. The runes technically are the symbols that were used as letters for ancient Germanic peoples. So of Northern Europe, Norway, Sweden, Iceland, probably some other Northern European countries. And we don't have all those answers that you want right now. We don't know exactly how they were used at that time, other than we do know that they were used to write words. We don't know for sure if the people who were writing those words used them magically, used them as magic symbols. Scholars will tell you they didn't. People who aren't necessarily scholars, but who are more in tune with their intuition, they might have a different answer. And to me, it doesn't really matter because they are symbols and symbols have the meanings that humans put on them. I can tell you this. I've been meditating on each rune for nine days, like each one for nine days, for nine minutes. And my life has looked like the meaning that we have put on these runes. It's pretty incredible. So I believe that they definitely are symbols and they can be used to enhance intuition. You can use them to empower visualizations and intentions. There are 24 in the original, what, Futhark, it's, it's just the first six sounds, just like alphabet is made up of alpha and beta alphabet in the Roman um, 
alphabet. So yeah, anything else you want to know about them though? What's your personal uh, connection to them? How did you find out about them? And Right. I have Northern European blood. So my main DNA is Nor Norwegian. I have a little bit of Scottish and some other Northern European. And for whatever reason, I haven't been that interested in looking into my own ancestry until... October, it was around Halloween, because that's when you do it, of 2020. And I said, you know, I'm going to open up to my benevolent ancestors. Why wouldn't I? I think I might have been watching one of the Thor movies with my ex-husband. And I said, you know, I want to look into the runes. I'm really interested in that. The very next day we went into a crystal shop and right there on the shelf at eye level was this Oracle deck, Viking Oracle. And there were a couple of runes on it. And I go, no way <laughs> I'm getting that. So I got that. And then I got a rune set. I started working with them, learning about them, doing readings with them because they're wonderful symbols. And whenever you have symbols to take with you, it's just a help. It's a reminder. It's a reminder like, yes, what's best for me is going to be best for my community. Things like that. That's how I got into well, it. Interesting. In, I mean, a couple of things, I mean, from what I've seen from your Instagram posts, they look like um, written on stone almost like like some sort of stone language and in that way to me they remind me of Egyptian um, writing and in Egyptian writing we know that everything is yes you can they are sounds so you can sound things out and build a sentence and a word but they're also in and of themselves um, it's like a sea it's like a seed yeah. there's meaning hidden in every single symbol symbol so it sounds to me like there's a lot there like that and I'm also reminded of Sanskrit of course om my <laughs> website name being a drop of om om is such a symbol it's a seed sound it's an unexplained ex experienced uh, vibration of the universe as you know so what I'm wondering is um let's say I'm wanting to dive into the symbology and I come to you how does is it like a tarot reading do you do you throw them do you pull down one what is there a spread like what's happening I love your question I love that question yes the the way I do it is I will it's my favorite part of the whole reading <laughs> I take them they're little stones if you're watching this, you can see, so go to YouTube and they're tight. They're much tinier than they're, I. Yeah. They're very wow. small. And actually to the point of them being on stones, these are on gemstones. I have them on bloodstone. They were traditionally written on wood or bone. Some were written in stone. It's hard. It's hard work to write in stone. <laughs> so most of the time they were written on wood or bone. Of course, our sources of them are mostly on stone because stone lasts. What I do is I take them all in my hand, I shake them up and then I drop them. So I don't throw them, but I <laughs> let them fall. 
And out of the ones that are face up, this is where just the intuition comes in. I pull out the ones that are speaking to me that say, Hey, hi. And I pull them out, pull them aside. Usually about five to six will come out. I push the others aside and I say, okay, here we go. I'll tell you what each of them means just really quickly. And then we'll go into it deeper. And my readings are not necessarily like psychic readings. They are more like coaching with symbols. I want a dialogue because what this symbol means, it's going to say something to you. That's why it came out. And you're actually going to know what it really means for you in your life. And then we can look to see, are you aligned with that thing right now? Is there something that needs to shift for you energetically or in the physical world? Maybe you have to have a conversation, a real one out loud, <laughs> or maybe it's time to honor that sense that it's time to move on from either a home or a job or a person. That's kind of how my readings are. Does what's that your, answer you? What's your favorite? Yes. What's your favorite, um, like top three runes? Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Let me put you on the spot. Oh, yeah, this is a tough one. Uh, I'm going to say Uru's first is, is one of my favorites. Uru's is the second rune and it means that all power comes from within. What I really love about that is one, it's true. That is where the power is. It is in you. And also I live in Hawaii now where they have a tenant in their, a tenant, a tenant in their healing system of Huna that says the exact same thing. All healing or all power comes from within. So it's all about remembering that every little last bit of courage that you need is already in you. It's activating it and it's remembering it. So that's one. What else? <laughs> Tell me about Thor. I love the, the Thor movie. Thor? <laughs> oh, I tell you about Thor. First of all, I love Marvel. I am the biggest Marvel nerd. I just watched the Winter Soldier a couple days ago. He's my favorite, but love Thor, love Loki. They got almost everything wrong as far as the <laughs> actual myths go, but it's okay. Thor is the son of Odin. Loki is not. <laughs> They're not brothers. Hela is the goddess of the underworld. She's not evil, <laughs> but those movies are wonderful. I love all the characters. Thor, Thuri says, okay, that is the third rune. Thuri says, this one is about action and it's probably going to be a little bit tumultuous <laughs> or very powerful, very, it's it's going to create something. Did you see Thor one where he lands I, and there's like a crater? My husband and I are huge, like, we've seen all Marvel movies and series and everything, but yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. So it's, it's almost like it's going to be that forceful, like movement. And Thor is the protector of Midgard, which is earth. So it is like, destructive protection or protective destruction, depending on how you want to look at it. Something is probably going to move or shift, maybe be destroyed, but in order to protect, 
your highest and best, your soul, your growth, whatever it may be. Yeah. I love it. Okay. One more, <laughs> just whatever more. comes to your mind. <laughs> this is so hard. Cause you know, we've got one for prosperity. We've got one for communication we have hog laws, which is going to just, that's even worse than <laughs> three sons. It's like the death card and, or it's like the tower really. Okay. One more tier, 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 Tiwas. Tiwas, this one's really hard to see, but it's an up arrow. So if you think of just an up arrow, Tiwas, tier is this God of again, courage. My gosh, I like courage a lot. Don't I? He sacrificed his own right hand to save his community of gods. If you want that story, I can tell it very quickly, but of course. Oh, okay. I'm all about stories and myths. <laughs> I know. So there's this huge wolf. If you have seen Thor Ragnarok, her wolf, they called Fenris. It's Fenrir in, in the stories. Fenrir, this wolf, was going to eat the gods and totally demolish everything. So the gods came up with this plan. Well, let's ask Fenrir, this wolf, if we can use him to, to test our, our ropes. So we're going to rope him up and he's going to test our ropes for us. And then we'll tell him we're going to let him go. But obviously, why would they do that? They wouldn't. Fenrir is not that stupid of a wolf. And he said, okay, I will do that for you, but somebody's got to put their hand in my mouth because otherwise you're not going to let me go. So out of all the gods in Thor's camp, Tyr was the only God who said, okay, I'll do it. No one else. So he's also considered a God of sacrifice. I really feel like it's the courage to do what you know needs to be done. So if you come to me for a reading and that, that rune comes up, it's not about you need to sacrifice more because frankly, especially women tend to sacrifice ourselves a lot. It's about what do we need to do to do what we know is right right now. Beautiful. Thank you. I love it. I'm so much intrigued right now. <laughs> they're, they're fascinating. Yeah. They're fascinating. I've been into tarot these last two years during the pandemic and going deeper and deeper into it. So it's, and now starting astrology. So, I mean, the myths, the symbols, they all speak to me. I love it. Yeah. What I want to ask you is, um, as someone who lives outside of where she was born, can you tell us about what living in Hawaii is like for you? <laughs> I can. It's a joy. It is paradise. And it's not easy. And don't ever call me lucky. <laughs> because this is not an easy place to live. It's incredibly pricey to live here. And Hawaii really has an energy about it that will give you what you need to grow <laughs> powerfully and quickly. So it's not, <laughs> it can be unsettling. And in fact, in this moment, I'm actually looking for a new home. So I am unsettled right now. By the time this airs, I believe I will have 
settled into something. It is wonderful because there are probably five days total out of the year where I wouldn't go outside. It, the weather's amazing. The energy is very powerful, very intense, but so, so much nature everywhere. It's wonderful. Do you feel mm-hmm. like you were pu- pulled there or cold? Absolutely. There? 1000%. That is how I ended up here. I came here without a plan or a job or a home or any connections. But my soul saying, it's time to move on from Ashland. And me saying, okay, where do I want to go? And then it was like, well, you're going to go to Hawaii and you might as well go now. (laughs) So that's what I did. And that was seven years ago. Yeah. So to someone who hasn't, who gets the the third rune... (laughs) And it also gets the second rune and also maybe the the first rune and they're like in on the precipice of something they're they're meant to do something but they haven't quite started or they have started but they're not quite there yet what do you want to say to them what's what does it take to do do those things or take that leap it takes knowing that it is never going to be easy and it's never going to get to the point where you're not afraid. The purpose and your own intention and your own vision just have to get to that point where it's bigger than the fear. What do you have to do to do that? There are many different things you can. And that I think would take a little bit of either working with somebody or really journaling, but just know it's going to take courage and it's worth it. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, So Laura, what are you, what's next for you other than the moving, (laughs) obviously, but what are you? looking forward to what are you creating next what's next really right now my focus which is such a joy is on my podcast the boundless heart and welcoming women who are ready who maybe are on that precipice and looking for that extra bit of courage to stand up for themselves stand on their rights and do what's best for them to come into the inner circle in that group or from that podcast and get together with others who are on that same page. Our journeys are our own. We're going alone, but it's so much easier when we have other people going on their journeys with us. That's really huge for me. And since you've asked me to speak about the runes, (laughs) I would love to offer a discount to your, I don't know if this is okay, but I would love to offer a discount if anyone wants a reading. Oh, we'll include it in the description. Definitely. Okay. (laughs) We'll include it. Um, and it sounds to me that there's, there has been sort of, a um, like the wind has thrown you 
through these relationships into Hawaii. <laughs> and then you're like together with the other pieces of dust on the wind, other women who are traveling, you're like, okay, let's let's sit still in the middle for a bit and let's try to figure this out. Exactly. Exactly. You said that so well too. Yeah, I came to Hawaii and nine days later I met my now ex-husband. <laughs> it's been a trip. And it's interesting because you did mention nine days of meditating with the runes earlier. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually on tier. This is day nine of Tiwas, the rune Tiwas. So and I have stood up for myself this past week too. So again, it's just really reflecting. <laughs> It's a journey to go through these. Yeah. I think for me, what I'm finding is um, I've, I feel like I've always been pretty direct and sometimes confrontational, which I don't mind. But lately, I'm like, I have encountered a few situations where a boundary was crossed. And normally, I wouldn't have said anything I would have ignored. And now I'm in a phase of my life where I'm like, I'm going to say something. I'm going to say it nicely, but I will say something. I will not, you know, swallow this. Um, and I will say this lovingly and I will correct the person in how, or, or in show, I will show the person on the opposite side, how I am meant to be treated. <laughs> yes, yes. And it's not up to us to fix it for them. It's not our responsibility to make them feel okay about our boundaries, right? We are taught so much. And I know I, hit, I sound like a broken record, but it's just ingrained that we're meant to please make sure everyone else is comfortable. No. And being direct is not being unkind. It's actually very kind to be yeah. direct. I hear what you're saying. The other element of that for me was I would keep quiet because I didn't want to take on the electrical energy of saying something because that does take, like you need to have a certain level of grounding and power in your body to be able to stand your ground and say something. Um, yeah. And I think to me, the difference is saying um, every single day doing my self-healing practices, my meditation and my inner work, which then translates into, I'm much more grounded in my flesh and bone and crystal <laughs> and earth to hold my ground. Does that make sense? perfect sense. We have to be secure in our own self. If we're not, we won't speak up because we get our security from how the other people around us are. So doing our practices, doing our meditations, our grounding, our journaling, our singing, whatever gets you into your secure place within yourself. It's imperative. Yeah. And again, I'm seeing the the little particles of dust that we are going around in the wind, but you, when you center yourself, there's a gravity in that you can sort of sink to the bottom and connect to the earth oh. and you're no longer at the mercy of the wind. 
it's incredible. And I've just been awakened to connecting with my pelvic floor yes. in the physical. Yeah. And I, I did that. it. Okay. <laughs> so I interviewed this beautiful woman named Coco Berlin. She wrote a book. I don't know if I can say her book name on your podcast. What can I say on your podcast? Well, well it starts with a P. It, it is for adults, but let's just We'll just say her name for now because I don't know. It what starts with a P and then it's yoga, you know, okay. for women. Okay. And, and I can't believe it. I have been doing yoga for so long. I know all about the root chakra and focusing on my root chakra and sending it down. And then she actually had me focus on the actual bones, the sit bones in my body, the actual anatomy of myself and nothing sexual. And I was like, I don't think I've ever actually been in my root chakra until now. And now I feel that sense of home in my body. It's incredible. Interesting. That makes so much sense to me because your bones are minerals. There are 65% or more minerals. They're crystals. Yeah. Carriers of wisdom and energy and um, resources. So awesome. It's incredible. Laura, thank you so much. Can you please tell our listeners, we'll include the discount below and how to get that, but can you please tell them how to find you um, other than Hawaii? I know you work with people online, but what's your website and all that good stuff? Sure. The best place is boundlessheartpod.com. And if you want to find me on Instagram, you can find Boundless Heart Pod on Instagram. And runes and wisdom. No? Or do you no longer? Well, <laughs> so <laughs> I do have that account, but I don't use it much right now. I would do Boundless Heart Pod. And then if you want any information on runes, DM me because that's where I'll be. Okay. So boundless heart. Thank you so, so much. I love talking with you and you're, you're such a light. It was a blessing to have you here today. Thank you, Laura. Thank you. I'm so honored. This was great. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to Conversations with Healers. If this episode spoke to you in any way, please leave a review or comment, like or love it, and share it with others in your life. This is a true soul love project from my heart to yours. I really appreciate your help in spreading the word. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe and check out other episodes to listen to some extraordinary healing stories and advice. Have a beautiful and wonderful day.